0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of A Slot With Morals. I'm your host, Ruby May. If you're new here, you can follow me on any social media platform by typing in A Slot With Morals on that platform search engine. If you haven't checked out the mini spinoff series I started called Down the Rabbit Hole with Ruby, I really hope you do. This first season, I'm going through all the creepy urban legends in all 50 states of America. Today's episode is brought to you by a small company owned by my friend Nick. And you guys know how much I love supporting small businesses and local bands. So, what do you get when you mix skateboarding aliens, pop-punkers who geek out to retro games, and that worn-out, indisposable t-shirt you have in storage from the late 90s, early 2000s altogether? Loser Brand. Loser Brand shirts are designed by a corporate world dropout who decided it was fate to hang up the suit and ties, and instead create clothing for the loser kids who still have a part of them that never really grew up. The shirts are meant to last and stand out with plenty of ADHD and love for nostalgic days when you try to get that instant messenger screen name from that one girl in class, but totally failed. Excuse me, ASL? Coming out with the losers and stay weird. Link to Loser Brandon apparel will be in the description below. I gotta say, I got my shirt, rubified it, and can't wait to post pictures in it. Before I start my rampage today, if you're new here and you just started listening, welcome to this podcast of chaos, where we embrace the weird. This podcast is a little bit of everything, a little love, a little dating, a lot of sex, a bit of conspiracy, and a bit of mental health. Over the last three seasons and the past few months, you guys have given me so many new things to talk about via DMs, and I appreciate all of you for it, every single one of you. I appreciate every single message you send me. If you guys really want to support the podcast more, please follow, rate the podcast, and leave a review if you can. Each listen, comment, and like really helps with possible future sponsorships as well. Believe it or not, I actually screenshot every message that you guys send me because it helps me keep going, not just with the podcast, but in every day-to-day life. I read the messages when I've hit a rut or I'm over deep in a depression episode, and you guys have saved me more than you know. So thank you. Y'all give me strength. 2022 is only a few weeks away, and I know that we just got over what happened in 2020, and we're still processing 2021. I know I lost a lot of friends along the way, and even some family members. They're all alive. I just learned how to block left and right, which has been new to me, because I haven't ever really been on a blocking spree like I have this entire year. I've usually just told myself, if they miss you or want you in their life, they'll message you, and so I don't block them, right? If I'm being honest, because that's what we do here, I truly think it fed my own ego when after a month or two, they would have messaged me out of the blue to have me back in their life. But you know what? Like, I realized I kind of ended up having this resentment towards them or lack of trust. Like, will they do it again? Will they decide to just toss me aside like a piece of trash or, you know, just ghost me again like and then I build these extremely high walls taller than I am towards those people I said I forgave but I'm protecting myself and do y'all know what that is? That's called PTSD. The way people treat you triggers your fight or flight response which is is why you begin to put up walls every time they hurt you until every brick is nicely cemented in and you can completely tune them out, which is why you think you have become numb towards everyone and you think that nobody can hurt you. In reality, you're really hurting. You've just been fighting back for so long and putting these bricks in perpendicularly perfect walls that it's just your normal. Being let down is so much more normal than it is when someone actually keeps a promise someone talking shit about you behind your back or betraying you is more normal than when someone is actually loyal to you and when someone is loyal to you it's so fucking surprising, isn't it? like you're like, whoa this person has my back this person doesn't talk shit about me this person doesn't text other people about me you know? And it's, it's so fucking exhausting to be resilient. It really is. But what other fucking choice do we have? Huh? It's so fucking annoying to hear, Oh gosh, you're so strong. Like, damn, dude. I fucking have to be. I'm barely holding myself together and just getting my strings pulled this way and that way. And I feel like I'm going to fucking unravel and just explode everywhere right? Just like little bits and pieces of me are going to be splattered all over the fucking walls and I am going to have to once again sew myself back up because I got kids. I got to keep going. Sure, I can wrap myself up in my heaviest blanket and lay in bed and nap all day and when I can, I do. No shame in my game. But I still have to be there. Fake face. The show must go on and that my friends, is what is fucking exhausting. A month ago, I was watching this interview of Will Smith on YouTube, and my man's was in tears, y'all, as he talked about the death of daddy And he said, you can't punish people for mistakes. You have to forgive people, and a big part of that is forgiving yourself. We don't forgive ourselves for stuff, and it makes it impossible for us to forgive other people. Love is not punishing people and beating them for what they did and holding on to it. And what have I said before? Forgive their infractions, but don't forget them, right? Because, well, people are human and they're liable to do it again. At the same time, just because you didn't forget, it doesn't mean throw it in their face all the time. It doesn't mean bringing it back up every chance you get. Let it go let them go. And you know what they say, (laughs) if it doesn't bring you joy, peace, orgasms, or pay your bills, let it the fuck go. And because of this topic, and the year coming to an end, I want to talk about closure. Yeah, I said closure. I've been on Reddit a lot lately, and just reading the Toxic Parents slash Toxic partner subreddits, and I read this post that was so fucking similar to a situation I went through a while back that it I mean I'm stuttering but it surprised me that there's more people out there that are literally going through the same shit you go through and there's a whole community that has your back so guy and girl meet Turns out, girl used to date the guy's best friend years ago, before the friends had ever even met each other. Small fucking world, right? Anyway, his friend was pissed, apparently, because the chick had moved out of state and Jess ghosted him. And he essentially says, well, dude, can you get over it? Because I really like this chick. And he was like, no, I need closure. He said, closure isn't real, and he said, it is for me. Then, his friend tried to make him choose between them, and that's when he took it to Reddit to get advice, you know, like we all do, we're always seeking a stranger's advice. Some told him to think about it, a lot of people were like, always choose your friends. Then a few people were like, bro, he sounds fucking toxic. Another said, the friend sounded jealous. So about a week later, he posts again to update everyone. He says, I thought about the friendship for a while and thought back to the fucked up parts of it. I was used for free food and drinks when we went out. I've had to fight a few guys when he'd get too wasted and start mouthing off. There were times he would take money out of my wallet, even though I already sometimes helped him financially. I would help him as much as I could. When he moved, I was the only one of his friends that helped him. When he was out of money, I was there. When he would call me in the middle of the night while he was fucked up, I had his back. When I was around him, I never knew what was going to come out of his mouth and was almost always felt feeling bad about myself or kind of hated him afterwards. Yet, he's always slow to respond to me or when I need something, he can't do it. Always has a great excuse, though. A few more days passed by and he updated everyone again. He said, I blocked him, the friend, today, because after really thinking about it, I know now that he was toxic. I thought about this friendship and just decided it was over. For all the negative commenters saying, I chose a girl over my friend, I didn't. I blocked both of them. I only ended the friendship because I saw that this was an opportunity to just cut ties. I chose peace, I chose my sanity. Even though I'm losing out on the money he's paying me back for all the times I helped him, I don't even want it back. I just want to be happy. I blocked him on everything and even had my friends block him so he can't reach me at all. I deleted anything that reminds me that he was in my life. It sounds terrible, but I just want to be happy. I had a chance at happiness and he ruined it. We live in a big city, so running into him probably will never happen. If it does, it will probably be months or years away and I'm okay with that. I'll nod my head and I'll wave a last goodbye at him. Fuck, I want to read that to you again. I'll wave a last goodbye at him. Go you dude, but let's go back to when he said closure isn't real. I said that too actually just recently. I just went back in time and just wishing I had had the strength to say goodbye to friendships that had torn me apart mentally, emotionally, financially, and spiritually. I wish I had had the strength to just know that although I would miss the good part of that person, there is still that bad part that absolutely fucking leaves you feeling empty. The part that every time you're with them, you come home with your stomach in knots, can't sleep because they said some indirect sly shit to you, and you're trying to figure it the fuck out, right? And it It leaves you... It's like it's literally eating you inside. I read this meme and I posted it on my Instagram a few months ago. Back when I was... When I really just started blocking people. I just want to reiterate that I'm not holding grudges against anyone. I have no malignant feeling towards anyone. I just want peace. I chose peace. And will continue to choose peace. So, this meme. It says, Take everything personally. Your friend didn't help you celebrate your birthday, but helps others? Take it personal. Family members invite certain family members, but they didn't invite you? Take it personal. Your friend jumps for everyone else, but moves in slow motion. When it comes to you? Take it personally. People treat you exactly how they feel about you. So don't be naive. Y'all, when I tell y'all, I had to learn this the hard way. I learned it in the hardest fucking way possible. I had to really step back and look at the whole picture. You got to remember that those that really want you in their life ask you to be a part of it. You won't have to beg for an ounce of attention or invite yourself to anything. They'll ask you if you're busy. They'll ask you if you want to go. They'll ask if you want to come, even if you continuously tell them no. Because people that care for you won't only hang out with you when you have money. They're the ones that say, ah, I got it, no worries, it's on me. Shit, just ask Josie. I pop up out of nowhere, or we call each other and we we talk for however long. I'll call her on her way to work so she doesn't have to text while driving because I care for her, right? And I don't want her to have an accident because she's texting me. She has had my back so much this past year. So much so, when I called her a few weeks ago after a panic attack, she said, I'm surprised you haven't been to a fucking psych ward and gotten your creepy socks yet. The shit you have gone through mentally would have broken anyone. People that know you're autistic and still say and do shit to you to get you riled up consistently are not the type of friends you need. I have watched you change from this happy, confident woman into a shell of your former self. You aren't even confident enough anymore to make your own decisions. Fuck that. Fuck the people that made you feel this way. She was right. I lost so much of myself this past year, trying to help others and be a good friend and be a good person. I stopped making choices that made me happy. I was spending money I didn't have in order to support and be there for those people. At the end of the day, when shit hit the fan, those same people called me a liar. Or I was put on the back burner. Or only talked to when they needed something i was made to feel bad about myself every step of the way just for being myself so much so that i was no longer me i stayed in my lane i stayed unhappy to make others happy i stopped drinking so i wouldn't say anything outrageous fucking crazy right i even stopped dating and getting laid yeah believe me when i say i was fucking miserable i was miserable then i was told that losing me Wouldn't be a big deal to them. That wouldn't hurt. So is closure necessary in order to get your sanity or your peace or your happiness back? Oh no, my little heathens. Fucking closure is not real. It's a fucking myth. And if you don't believe me, let me read you this article I found written by a psychologist in 2018. And, I mean, like, I could read you 10 dozen other articles about how closure is not real. But I'm going to go with this one, okay? So, yes, today's episode is about mental health. Health.HowStuffWorks.com says, When well-meaning friends and family say, You just need closure. We automatically think that that's the answer. And that once we achieve this mythical state of closure, we hope, Okay? We hope the pain will just disappear and the bad memories will be wiped clean. The problem is, is that closure, at least as we understand it in pop culture, doesn't really exist. In fact, by searching for permanent closure to emotional pain, we are closing ourselves off to healthier ways of processing difficult experiences the concept of closure comes from gestalt psychology. Gestalt began as a way of understanding how the mind perceives and processes images. And one of the principles of gestalt perception is that the mind seeks closure. Did you hear that? The mind. Not the heart. The mind. Even if an image of a circle is incomplete, the mind still perceives it as a circle. Over time, this principle somehow got crossed over to the processing of life experiences. If you suffered an unresolved trauma in the past, then you were unable to fully move on until the issue was quote-unquote closed in some way, which led to therapeutic techniques like the empty chair, which clients would imagine that the source of their unfinished business, such as an abusive parent or a deceased lover, Would be sitting in the chair and speaking to them. While the empty chair therapy often provided a short-term emotional release, it didn't free the subjects from long-term pain. Despite the questionable efficiency of gestalt therapy, the belief that closure is a panacea for emotional pain became deeply embedded in American pop psychology. It's a favorite of the news media, where the families of murder victims or people affected by terrorist attacks are always looking for closure. Did you hear that? Always looking for closure. It's also a fucking cliche of daytime talk shows when a jilted lover that lost weight, got new titties, a facelift, whatever, they look hot now and, and she just wants to show her ex what he lost, right? We see that bullshit all the fucking time. The truth is, says psychotherapist Ashley Davis Bush, is that the kind of closure peddled by pop psychology isn't really achievable. Nor should it be. But Americans love happy endings. We're a feel-good society. We like clean-cut things. We want to believe that there's an end to pain. In reality, it's not that the pain ends, but it just changes over time. And i've said this before as well time heals all wounds might not be today most likely not even tomorrow but after a while it doesn't sting as much it doesn't hurt as bad it's a distant faded memory anyway back to bush when bush sees clients who are grieving a lost spouse or close family member or friend she doesn't talk about achieving closure which to her is the equivalent to trying to close the door on honest and sometimes painful emotions. Instead, she uses terms like healing and growth and helps the surviving spouses learn how to live with loss, how to carry the memory of the loved one in positive ways. I also call it living with love, Bush says, recognizing that you're a different person because you got to love them. By not attempting to shut down your honest feelings, You remain emotionally alive. Bush has clients who, after passing through a period of intense grief, have fallen in love again and even remarried without sacrificing deep feelings of loyalty to their first husband or wife. But what about divorces or bad breakups? Is it still a bad idea to seek closure if you're having a hard time moving on from a painful end to a long-term relationship or even friendship? In my own opinion, that's obviously a different situation altogether, but we already know that dealing with death and dealing with a breakup is completely different, right? Even so, you should still take the time to grieve both because you're grieving the loss of a relationship or a friendship. It is still loss. Bush says, I do think that closure is more relevant when you have the end of a relationship. There are really elements of closure, whether it's signing the divorce papers or moving out of the apartment you shared, there's a more specific kind of closure that we think is achievable. Okay, so when I read this part, it made me think of Gestalt's open circle theory, right? But instead of an open circle, it's a chapter of our lives. You follow? You moved out, chapter ended. You left the job, chapter done. You totally moved to a different state and left everyone you knew in the past. Chapter finito. You crashed your car. Chapter closed. Someone ghosted you. Chapter finished. You signed the divorce papers. Therefore, you didn't just close a chapter. You ended the whole book. But even when you finish the chapter, you carry those memories from the previous one, right? Even with ending the book and starting a new one. We have still been affected by the way someone treated us. And the way we treated someone. What was said and what wasn't said can really haunt us. And what do I say? And what have I said in the past? Forgive your own infractions, but don't forget them. Why? So we can learn and grow from them. So you don't do them again. Just as someone else is liable to do something to us again. Try to remember how you felt in that moment when it happened and don't do it to someone else don't mistreat people the way you've been mistreated take that 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 wisdom that knowledge you have now and spread it be a better person just do better it's like a domino effect it really is one good habit you start doing like making your bed in the morning right when you wake up or even if it's just changing your narrative It becomes another good habit, then another, so on and so forth. So back to the article. Ashley Davis Bush says, "'We are always affected by our past relationships "'and will carry those experiences with us. "'We still need to learn how to gather wisdom from it, "'even if it didn't end the way we imagined it would. "'The question is whether the emotional baggage "'we take away from the relationship "'will be heavy or light.'" Research has shown that one way to lighten our emotional baggage is to write about the breakup or create a whole fucking podcast. Specifically, researchers asked 100 people who had recently experienced a breakup to journal for 30 minutes a day for three consecutive days. A portion of those participants were told to write exclusively about positive aspects of the breakup and how they've grown because of it. After the writing exercise, this group reported no increase in negative emotions, and instead a boost of positive outcomes including comfort, confidence, empowerment, optimism, thankfulness, and wisdom. So no, closure is not needed. It's not real. Closure isn't fucking real. The closure you seek, you guys, is within yourself. Going out and telling someone you need closure from them or keeping tabs on a former partner that's no longer in your life does not and will not let you move on. It keeps you stuck there. It keeps you from being able to fully move on. Yes, it hurts. Yes, it's painful. Yes, you want to scream and cry at them and ask, why, why, why? Why wasn't I good enough? What was so bad about me? In my experience, seeking that closure and asking someone or having them ask you why they weren't good enough for you, they're not going to like the answer. Nine times out of ten. And if you give them those answers, it it lets them give you those false promises of, I can change. I can be better. I can do better. So what happens? Well, we give motherfuckers a third, fourth, fifth chance. And what have they done? Oh, they got better, all right. They got better at going back to old habits slowly. They got better at staying that same person just each time they go into stealth mode, getting sneakier, hiding things better, lying better, cheating better. All the while, shitting on you to their friends. Next, you're the fucking bad guy because you have expectations of them they could never meet. They knew it. And instead of getting therapy or letting you go out and seek your own happiness... They drag you down until you're a fucking, empty, miserable shell of who you used to be. Fuck them, I say. Fuck those kind of people. This year, on New Year's Eve, when the clock strikes midnight, block them. Block everyone that in the past year has ever made you feel bad for choosing yourself or doing things that make you happy. Or, in my case... Has made you resent yourself for who you are. Block, blocked, blocked, homie. And with that, because I'm fucking hated right now, like Jerry Springer, I'll leave you with my final thoughts. You deserve peace. You deserve happiness. You deserve to be able to find yourself. You deserve your sanity. You deserve to say yes to yourself. Most of all, you deserve to get to know yourself, love yourself, grow within yourself, and be happy in who you are. So, take that road trip. Go to that concert. Take the job. Go to the gym. Watch the movie. Go to dinner by yourself. Live your life for you. You're not alone. You are by yourself. And when you when you grasp the difference in that concept, it'll take you so much more further in life. I've done it. It ain't a bad thing. Oh, And one last thing: Never let anyone tell you no again. All right, you guys, that's it for me today. I'm your host Ruby May. I hope this episode gave you some clarity. Have a great rest of your week and an even better weekend, okay? Thanks. Bye.